So our readings for today, they bring us into this fourth Sunday of Advent. And now, before we survey them, I want us to consider just the role of the liturgical calendar in general. It's intended to shape us um, into a particular experience of this week. So the point is that it'll bring us into this embodied remembrance of the gospel that is formed through these annual rhythms. And the liturgical year begins with Advent, the season of waiting and anticipation. And it's important that we begin in this place because it's the season that God's people found themselves in for hundreds of years. Now, the more that I've pressed into Advent over the past couple of years, the more I've contemplated the tone of this season. Uh, in culture, Advent has become this joyous expectation um, of eagerness um, and excitement. Often we're excited to gather with loved ones and to participate in these annual traditions. Um, And even if this isn't the case for you individually, it's very much the cultural narrative that's playing out for us. And I think when we go back through scripture, this is not the type of advent that uh, much of God's people were experiencing. When you think about, you know, even just the concept of an advent calendar, each day we get a chocolate, something of delight leading up to this special day. But this probably wasn't the most delightful time for most of God's people as they waited for the Messiah to come. So as I spent time in our passages for today, especially in the Old Testament, I found myself confronted with a much more wearisome anticipation. It's a far cry from this cultural excitement and frenzy. Since the purpose of the liturgical calendar is to bring us into the gospel narrative, I think it's important for us to remember what type of waiting and experience Um, that we're being brought into as we wait to receive the promise of Emmanuel. On most days, the waiting of those in the Old Testament wasn't this lighthearted eagerness, but a deep longing and ache with a pain of the surrounding brokenness and a fatigue, a fatigued hope from the abundance of passing time. When Isaiah spoke God's promise to King Ahaz, Judah was in a really rough place And they, along with the rest of God's people, continued to be in a rough place for a really long time. Their advent was not this season of celebration or countdown, but a long season of suffering with a little, with, um, yeah, with a little foreseeable end. Now, I'm not highlighting this to try and be a, a Grinch or to spoil the Christmas cheer. On the contrary, I hope that we experience the fullness of joyous celebration that is Christmas. But I believe in order to do that well, we have to first enter into what appears to be the often heartbreaking weight of God's people for the fulfillment of his promise. If you look at Psalm 80, um, the line that repeats over and over again is, restore us, save us, how long? This is the cry of the psalmist. He says, restore us, Lord Almighty, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. As I read through this psalm, I hear a hopeful yet tired soul crying out to God one more time. This cry is likely not unfamiliar to many of us. It echoes many of our own cries over the years. This final week of Advent, Advent more than any other, gives us permission, if not an invitation, for us to bring these areas of long-suffering before the Lord. In a season full of often joyous anticipation, space is made for us um, yeah, made for, <laughs> made for this reality to settle in. Yes, we have hope, but we still experience the weight of the not yet on a daily basis. 
Advent doesn't avoid this despair. It takes us right into the depths of it. Now, the establishment of the date of Christmas is a long story with many layers, but one of the contributing factors, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, has been that Christmas falls just after the shortest day and therefore darkest day of the year. Our very environment invites us to remember the darkness that God's people must have felt while waiting for the Messiah, and it reminds us of the darkness that we experience as we wait for God to come again. The world is in darkness. God's people are weary and time has passed and God's promise feels very far away. It is within this season of darkness that we light candles. And as the days get darker, the more candles are lit. As greater darkness settles in, more light is brought forth. This probably reminds us of John's words that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. This is the tension of Advent. It's the one that is intended uh, to be built as we wait. And it is from this point of most tension that Christ enters the world. In our passage from Matthew, we finally read of Emmanuel's coming, just as Isaiah and others had prophesied. A virgin named Mary is pregnant by way of the Holy Spirit. The time has finally come. Yet once again, it's surrounded by waiting. Many writers have compared the waiting of Advent to the waiting of pregnancy which seems fitting given that this is the final leg of Jesus's entrance into the world. As someone who was recently pregnant, I have a new appreciation for this sort of waiting. It feels long, exhausting, unending, and it's full of various discomforts. Yes, there is the excitement that a child is on the way, but many of the trials faced in those nine months leave mothers exhausted. Yet it's from this great point of weariness that new life comes and enters the world. As a young woman experiencing all the types of wolves of pregnancy while isolated from her community, from, the, from being with child outside of wedlock, I can imagine Mary and many moments of crying out, how long, Lord, would you come and restore me? Amidst her anticipation, can you imagine the tension she felt the honor and excitement of carrying the Son of God while also experiencing the realities of pregnancy in a broken society. I'm now going to break my own rule and jump ahead a little bit because we all know how the story unfolds. At last, Christ comes in the flesh and he enters into the world at the end of a long, exhausting physical journey to Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph are weary on various fronts and it's into this very weariness that Christ comes and enters the world. So friends, we're drawing near to the end of this leg of the journey, to the end of Advent. At this point in the season, you might be wondering uh, what the point of Advent even is. Is it just this lead up to Christmas? Uh, Is it something to keep us entertained until the real show begins? Or maybe the idea of the Christmas season coming is the last thing that you want to think about right now. Perhaps you're carrying a sense of weariness that doesn't seem to mesh with the stereotypical Christmas cheer. But the beauty of Advent is how it holds these tensions together. It is full of hope and anticipation, but it also acknowledges the fatigue of the journey. Where are the weary things in your life? What feels dark around you? As you enter into this week, I pray that you be able to bring these areas of weary anticipation before the Lord. I hope you feel a sense of connection to the Christian tradition with the people of God, 
like Isaiah, the psalmist, Mary, and Joseph, with those who have looked to God throughout time and earnestly prayed, restore us, O God. Wherever you find yourself in this season, know that there is a place for your voice to join in with theirs. This week is one that's intended to feel the tension of darkness and light, and unlike any other. And now that we're in this dark and weary place, I will remind us that Christmas is coming. Christ is coming. Emmanuel is on his way. Soon God will be with us.